Welcome and thank you for joining us once again, Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. As you see, another wonderful guest joining us today, and uh, uh, we'll get into that in just a moment. And I'll introduce him and I'll let him talk about himself because he knows himself again better than I know him, and and so which is wonderful. But another uh, just servant of the Lord, uh, serving uh, in south and southwest down in El Paso, Idaho, and beyond. So um, anyway, so if you like what you're seeing or you think find it beneficial, please like and subscribe and share. So this is Pastor Stephen Heimer. So I just want you to kind of let me know a little bit about yourself, but mainly I want to start with what led you to ministry. Oh, great. Well, thanks. It's good to be on here with you and to be able to share some of this. Hopefully it'll be uh, not just interesting, but helpful to people who listen. Uh, I'm at I'm Stephen, Stephen Heimer. I'm at Zion Lutheran Church in El Paso, Texas, and I've been a, a pastor since 2011, uh, a vicar for the four years before that through the Cross-Cultural Ministry Center in St. Louis uh, Seminary, that program they have together, and uh, and before that, uh, serving at Isleta Lutheran Mission Human Care in a variety of roles. So I've been uh, here in El Paso doing ministry since uh, 2001 and uh, you wanted to know how i ended up entering the ministry yeah yeah the um the the road was one that i i hadn't intended to to go down i as a middle schooler i participated in uh, mission trips and was definitely uh, discipled inspired by god's people the word of god and you know from middle school i I wanted to serve the Lord. I figured through music. So I got a music degree. And then after college, came back to El Paso to help my dad's ministry and music and youth and outreach. And uh, I think what ended up leading me to consider uh, being a pastor was that uh, I really saw God's word making an impact in people's lives. Uh, some of these young, uh, young adults and teenagers that had a lot of hurts in their life uh, seemed to to find some healing as they came to faith, and and it really was those times of the Bible study and devotion that I, I saw as making making an impact. And so I realized, wow, uh, the world needs more of God's word, making it into people's ears. And uh, part of our ministry was a, a mariachi group that would travel uh, as a Lutheran mariachi group, and we would travel around. And so I got to visit other churches. And there was one uh, one Sunday is Pastor Tardelli Voss in at the time he was in Arkansas and I was watching him lead a worship service and he was a musician and he had some youth that were also helping lead the worship but he was in his his alb and leading the the service as a pastor and I thought at that time huh well, I guess if the Lord would have me be a pastor I you know I, I think I could enjoy uh, leading worship so I uh, eventually decided that I would at least go to seminary and learn uh, God's word. And uh, and if you would have me be a pastor, I'd be glad to. But otherwise, I'd be happy to serve as a lay person in the church. So here I am now as a pastor. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sure many are happy that you are doing what you're doing. And uh, you But, you know, until then, if anyone ever asked me if I was going to be a pastor, uh, usually it was in the context, are you going to follow in your dad's footsteps because he's a pastor? I would have, I, you know, I always said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that, but here I am. 
Yeah, you know, but that's again, you know, what what a great testimony too, as as God calls people, you know, in His church, and I find it just so wonderful when people are raised in the faith, and and I think you find that that um, you're open to it and and you are around it, especially you know, I was just interviewing a gentleman the other day who. Um, his third generation, he's a third generation pastor. And, and he goes, I always knew that God was, was God. And, and it just made sense. And, and I just felt like God was telling me and as he was preached to about being, uh, uh, in ministry, that that's what I was supposed to do. He was 12 years old when he, when he felt that. And so it's just, I think that it's wonderful. And so I want to encourage, obviously, uh, families and anyone else who listens to this that uh you know it, it's a good thing to raise your kids in the church because we need more people to share the good news of jesus christ so uh so thank you for that so tell me about your church big celebration this year yeah yeah zion lutheran church in el paso so last year was the 125th anniversary and we celebrated it well all year long and so now is the beginning of our preparations for the 150th. So I was telling everyone yesterday, 25 years from now, um, we need to celebrate. <laughs> so how are we going to uh, get ready for that? Well, we're, we're purchasing small catechisms. We're, we're planning our ed Christian education for the year. We're, we're reaching out. Uh, but Zion is uh, the oldest Lutheran church in our region. Uh, got started way back at the end of the 1800s, 1898, it was founded. Uh, it's just filled with a lot of really lovely people. It's a small church. We have about 90 people attending on average. And uh, it's in recent years, really, uh, I'd say in the, the time that I've been here, uh, the last 13 years, We've had a almost an entire generation of members move into heaven, you know, die and enter heavenly glory. And so, uh, to to have been able to have so many new people join the church, uh, some people kind of rejoin the church who had fallen out of uh, out of practice from attending, and to be here today with such a variety of people, it's really great. Our oldest member is 101 years old. And uh, our youngest is a baby, and we have uh, increasingly a lot of children, a lot of young adults, uh, a lot of uh, Anglo, a lot of Hispanic, uh, a lot of military families come uh, while they're at Fort Bliss. They'll um, find a home in one of the El Paso LCMS churches, and Zion is one of those. So we meet a lot of new friends as they, they come to serve our, our nation in the military, and then they head home. Yeah. or head on to their next uh, duty station so that there's a little bit of uh, too much change because all these wonderful people come and then we have to say goodbye but we we have great friendships that's great and so you know i want to encourage people you can you can find them online on facebook and whatnot and i think you're on youtube right i think but yeah, yeah. Uh, zion lutheran church and so you can look at all the the celebrations this past year that you did because <laughs> some of them occurred on sunday mornings and uh you had some some fun music and and it's just neat to see the life in the church and so i just want to encourage you all to go check that out if you want and um, it's good to to see a church that has stood that test of time. Now, you guys are kind of downtown. Is that correct? Would that be an accurate? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 
the growth of the city, uh, there's the, the true downtown, the truest sense of downtown. And then this community was the kind of the second downtown. It kind of took on that reputation. I think is because a hundred hundred years ago, the Mexican Revolution was going on, and so there were some bullets flying across the border. <laughs> so everyone decided, hmm, maybe we'll just move slightly farther <laughs> from the river. And uh, so the the community is called Five Points, but uh, yeah, geographically center and uh, considered part of Central El Paso. And for those who don't know, you know uh, Stephen is bilingual and does bilingual ministry. Um, you were just, in fact, this morning, you were just south of the border and doing some ministry down there. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Zion uh, has always uh, been super involved in missions in its entire history. All the Lutheran churches got started uh, one way or another through missionary work of the church and the district and uh, a lot of people who come from far and wide. And currently, one of the congregations, uh, a portion of our mission outreach is that I go on Fridays across to Mexico, uh, which is, it takes, it's a 30-minute drive across town, across the river, and then, you know, through the Ciudad Juarez into a, a community called Anapara. And the that Church has a lot of heart. Uh, the The people that come, they we don't have a building. We have a, a canopy, I suppose. It's a metal roof and uh, with the support beams and a shipping container off to the side where uh, they have a refrigerator in there, some electricity and some storage. And um, so the people they show up. It's cold. It's windy, and uh, they still will will be there with their in the winter with their jackets and blankets and. We have a time of worship outside, mm -hmm. and um, and then the the kids have their their little learning activities inside the shipping container today. <laughs> it's it's pretty pretty wild. It feels very adventuresome, but uh, it's beautiful, really beautiful. And uh, so uh, we we don't do it alone as a church. We work uh, with uh, Isleta Lutheran Mission Human Care, and so they still are the the main ones that are working toward. Uh, uh, helping people have food and coordinate the building of houses for families and, and keep our team of deaconesses uh, supported. Uh, they were just talking today about plans to, to, to work on providing some better shelter from the wind as a step toward then ultimately having a, a full enclosed building, sanctuary and dining hall and kitchen, things like that. That's great. I love to see the, as Paul calls it, the variegated uh, wisdom of the uh, you know displayed in the church uh you know this manifold wisdom it's this variegated just this different looks and feels and yet it's all people centered and gathering around the word of god and and the fellowship they get so it's it's a beautiful thing to see um what how do you then you know you've been in ministry a while now so um how do you rely on church members yeah well i've I've come to, and you know, all the years of growing up with a pastor, you know, as a father and kind of observing uh, the events that take place, sometimes the the challenges that take place in church, sometimes conflicts take place in church. And I've really come to appreciate that we are the body of Christ and that there are pastors and there are also administrators and teachers and uh, all the variety, the spectrum of vocations. And so, yeah, as Zion Lutheran Church, uh, we have so many people who are very active in helping. A lot of volunteers, 
and uh, I always feel like, okay, there's some key things that that you are called to do and privileged to do as a pastor. And, um, and at the same time, the vocations of all the members are, that's the work of the Holy Spirit in <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12, where the Holy Spirit gives us faith, but then also equips each person as he determines. Yeah, that's, that's the key thing that I, it just blows me away. All these spiritual gifts, they're different, they're varied. And it's not just feelings as a spiritual gift. It's not just uh, prophecy, as you know, we often think about the Holy Spirit manifesting, you know. But uh, the Holy Spirit enables skillful labor, skillful uh, carrying out of tasks, like hospitality, right? That's in the lists yeah. of spiritual gifts. I think about, um, you know, back in Exodus with the, the design of the tabernacle that God gives to Moses, but then God says that he's going to give his Holy Spirit to fill these craftsmen. Right. And those those men will be enabled, you know, to to work the material components of the tabernacle. So the 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 gifts of the Holy Spirit are uh, are what's behind really the work that everyone does in the church. And so when people are doing that, showing up and um, planning events, uh, cleaning, repairing, uh, doing all the little tasks of preparation for the church. But that encourages me. It's like, wow, the Holy Spirit is at work and God's people are at work. And we're uh, we're all in it together. And I can I can be the pastor uh, in, in those ways that yeah, I'm called to be. Yeah, that's great. Because when, you know, it's kind of like Ephesians 4 where Paul talks about how like you said, give some pastors and some teachers, but it's so that they're all working together to do what? To build one another up in love. And so what's awesome is, uh, is that you look for that and you rejoice in it. And I think that that's important for pastors to know that, that, that we should rejoice in God and see it. I mean, I love that perspective and see it as the Holy Spirit working in the church and call it out to the people too. Hey, you're being used by the Lord here. Isn't it great? Um, yeah. And so that's great. Well, and I, I, I really, it, it uh, is on my mind a lot that with, if somebody has a question, pastor, um, how should we do this? And I think, dee, 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 is this a category that the pastor would have say in? Like, I don't, I don't want to be too quick to tell the people how to get it done because they're God's people. <laughs> and, and sometimes people will want the pastor to decide things. And, you know, you know, if I do have an opinion, I'll share it. But I, I try to make clear that uh, this is for me. It's not necessarily from the Lord. Right. Right. Um, and and knowing that the Holy Spirit really would work through all the different people. And uh, I, I try to, when we have new members come in and I talk about all the varieties of topics of theology, doctrine, but also who we are as members, what does it mean to be a member? Uh, I try to point out that um, that the Holy Spirit is really using each person in different distinct ways. And it's, it's exciting. So um, if we're not inclined to care for someone just because of our culture or because they they sit well with us if we're kind of resistant i i do put it in front of people that hey out of reverence for the holy spirit you know if you hear something that maybe is not in line with how you would think about it maybe just pause 
and listen and think about what is the person saying? What, what are they trying to communicate? Because they're part of the body of Christ and the Holy Spirit works it differently, you know, uh, and it's as he determines. So, so we can, we can care for each other and maybe show respect and interest in each other, if not out of the pure love as we should have, but yeah, love for our neighbor, right? That's, that's God's command. If we're struggling with that, that maybe we have a, a little easier time in loving God, right? So out of reverence for the Holy Spirit's work in that case, um, and I'm mentioning the Holy Spirit, but you know they're God's created creatures, so it's a Father, Son, Holy Spirit thing, all, all, right. all, right. all in all. Yeah. But yeah. Like, wow. Okay, God, what are you doing in this exchange, in this time of planning or ideas or the particular configuration of people? Like well, something, something of your design is surely part of this. Which is better than our design <laughs> when yeah. we try to. <laughs> And you said something, I think, that that really pastors can take heed to, and anyone in ministry, or really anyone in the church, is, is to be confident enough in the Holy Spirit that you don't have to make all the decisions. Uh, you know, uh, pastors often feel that pressure, uh, especially in smaller congregations, to, to have to have the answer for everything or to be the champion of everything. And, and often uh, we can get in the way of what the Holy Spirit wants to do through other people and the press. And, and, and so I always try to encourage pastors to just remember what your lane is. This is what God has called you to. Can you be beneficial? You know, like you said, I can give my opinion, but, um, and my phrase for me is what hill do I want to die on? I mean, what things really matter? <laughs> what really matters in the ministry is that people uh, feel the love of the Lord and they hear the gospel clearly. Um, for me, that's what I want. I want people to 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 know that Jesus loves them and that He forgives them and that He's made them new and they walk with with life now based upon what God has done for them. And so I always have to remind myself everything I do has to be filtered through that. And so some things, though they're good, doesn't they don't really apply to that. And so um, it's good for pastors just to be mindful. And I love that perspective of, hey, I get to watch what the Holy Spirit's doing here, you know, and it's it's great. So I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, that process of growing in in our walk with the Lord, mm -hmm. uh, not only individually as a as a pastor, which we are, you know, we're we're learning more. <laughs> and in those times that we go to the Lord seeking his grace anew, right? To forgive us, to redeem whatever it is that we did this this day or this week. Um, but the, the whole community is is growing as we we walk together. And and I I have a greater appreciation for um the fact that God created the the community, the church, not just a bunch of individuals that are saved, but that He is very much engaged in um, making us uh, His church. And then uh, the things that we do and the way that we treat each other, uh, that He's very much involved. And so that's great. I think it takes a little bit of pressure off also of our um, our sense of can I be around people that we have trouble being around with? Uh, can I work together with people that I that wouldn't be my choice, you know, based on culture, based on history or, or temperament or personality? Say, like, wait, well, 
yeah because the holy spirit is the one that's going to make it happen right and um, certainly it's god's will <laughs> his word you know lets us know that we're a diverse body all across the world so it, it, it's a lot of fun uh, just but but it's hard you know life is hard well yeah so you know moving on to that talking about the hard times and whatnot what can you tell me about a time and i always like specific examples if you can think of one that you're willing to share obviously um yeah. what have felt built up in the ministry yeah well you know every pastor uh is in it because they love the lord right and they they have a, a sense of calling and it's been affirmed by the church you've been ordained installed uh and so there's there's some confidence or at least a sense of mandate in in that but at the same time a whole range of inadequacies because uh we are who we are god doesn't seem to have uh, uh much concern about having any kind of fully perfected robots running around doing everything perfectly and you know uh, able in every sense of uh the call and public speaking or counseling or teaching or leading or organizing planning <laughs> a family life friendship you know all the things you can list 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 and so there's there's can be deep inadequacy that for any uh any joy in a job well done or at least an effort faithfully uh, offered and given uh there's there's those regrets that just hit that, that creep in and uh I tell you, my wife is so patient and kind and caring and hardworking. I, I, uh, nobody knows the degree uh, to which my wife uh, sustains me and uh, helps me. And so of all the members of the church that uh, I think enables me uh, to to keep keep doing all the things that I do, it's my wife for sure. Uh, simple things like just making sure I'm fed, right? <laughs> <laughs> packing a lunch and uh, Sunday morning I'm in the final like uh the mental process of remembering everything that I have to do and there's a the plate of, of food you know that's put in front of me um in in the congregation you know people's words of of appreciation go a long way you know you uh, I preach a sermon and I've you know 13 years into this I know that um that everyone is hearing things a little differently as according to maybe what they're expecting or maybe what they're searching for and um and and some people may have like heard a portion of the sermon and then their mind has gone somewhere else and like applying it and so maybe they didn't actually get to the main point that i had but they heard something that was helpful yeah. and um so when 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 people will say a few words of uh of appreciation or or let let me know how uh they were helped by something that was said that <laughs> that's a huge relief that wow okay uh, uh someone's hearing what's being preached or shared um but also god is is working in ways that i would never imagine because you know you prepare a message or and not only sermons but just really anything we do we have what we have in mind and whether it's delivered as we had in mind or something else uh, comes, uh, uh, it's astonishing how like God has used it in people's lives. So yeah. I'd say that <laughs> uh, those, those times of, of feedback, mm -hmm. you know, if it's, if it's uh, 
critical angry feedback, then you know, just keep that to yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> that just sends your heart into like depression. Oh, I failed. Yeah. Uh, but you know, no, God is at work, and then uh, we just keep keep on uh, serving. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, a couple of things that I think are really important. <laughs> you, you know, we we're not doing something. Um, that that we really feel you could take it or leave it that's really not how we feel when we're preaching when we're preparing when we're doing bible studies we're wanting transformation to happen in people's lives we're wanting the holy spirit to do that work and and we pray that he uses us to do that and and yet we're keenly aware i think is something that you were hinting on of our inadequacies and so when when we hear those words i, I like you know and a lot of my study has shown with pastors here specific feedback that was positive about something they said um, it, it goes way further than just a hey thanks for for the message it's like hey you said this and you're like oh they, they actually god you actually used what i said to to change a direction or affirm a direction in their life and and then our wives um you know are so over overlooked easily by not only uh, i can't speak for you but by us uh, usually as pastors but as the congregation and um you know i always feel for those pastors i've heard of pastors that their wives aren't engaged in the ministry really at all and i feel for those guys uh, because you know i rely on my wife so much uh, just her presence there is always so beneficial to me and so um, I think that that it's great to see them and and how God has gifted them to us. Um, yeah. To that, so. Well, and and I, you know, I would say that, uh, it, and I don't know, I don't think every congregation has expectations for pastors' wives of particular ministry activities. Some churches, I think, do. I think uh, historically, it was uh, very much expected. You know, you're you're calling the pastor, but you're getting the pastor's wife, and they're right. going to lead this and this, 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 this. Um, we haven't had those kind of pressures, uh, but uh, but for anyone that's uh, maybe thinking about the role of the pastor's wife, uh, you know, she is sustaining her husband in so many vital ways. And if there's children in the relationship, also um, there's so much that's happening that all the time that's unseen that uh, that a pastor's wife isn't necessarily involved in LWML or teaching Sunday school or playing an instrument. They're maybe not doing those public things that uh, a congregation would uh, maybe historically mark of like check good wife, check good wife. Oh, no, sorry, pastor's wife, right? <laughs> Yeah. coordinating the the cookie sale you know every december you know the pastor's wife used to always do that um uh if that's not happening just know that uh, it's still probably like highly uh likely that this woman is keeping your husband healthy and uh, uh so his his ministry is blessed and lifted up and strengthened by her her role her work her life yeah one of the things that pastors have mentioned um that helps them uh feel encouraged uh feel that they're doing the job they're supposed to do um is when congregations care for their families yeah. uh and because they know that that if if a pastor's wife or family is is not feeling supported that impacts the way a pastor can minister uh, more distractions, more time away from from what he's called to do, and whatnot. Although he's called to serve his family, so we want to make sure we clarify that. But but again, it's just a great thing to to see that. So, um, yeah. Oh, 
we have a gift. <laughs> uh, uh, so over the years, as we, as you said, you've been in ministry for a while. What have you found to be one of the most challenging aspects of ministry? I I think the the sense that um, not everything progresses in uh, like a better, 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 better trajectory, right? Uh, the the biblical image of of life in ministry is planting and nurturing and harvesting, right? And these are things that uh, that only God really understands what's going on in so many people's lives, and we don't get to see uh, often the outcomes of all of the the very uh, impassioned work, right? And the the care and nurture time spent with people, it can be uh, really extensive, certain uh, efforts in ministry. And some things can go backwards. If you if you were to like have some sort of like measurement in your mind of where you would hope to be after you know, working hard for a year or so. And I think that can, can lead to uh, disillusionment and uh, discouragement at times. And, and that's sustained by uh, faith in Christ and prayer. Um, when we realize that our hard work doesn't necessarily produce an outcome and we're reminded, well, yeah, because it's the word and the Holy Spirit, it's God that's making the, the change in people's lives. It's bringing about involvement uh, what you know? Some tangible examples are like church attendance, or uh, someone uh, uh, is hearing the gospel, and you're you're meeting with the person, you know, uh, bringing them into classes, and then if they don't end up staying in the church or being very active in the church, um, you can ask, well, what was the point? <laughs> or you use like, I don't have the the help that that person might be providing in the church because that person's gone right, right. Uh, but no it's like wait a minute uh, the lord is my shepherd right um, uh, i need to pray right. and ask that god would make those invisible differences and uh, provide the answers to uh, what might be causing anxiety and struggle and um, and you know what it's, it's been uh, after i think i'd say is after a solid 10 years of hard work in the in the labor of the Lord as a pastor that it just really hit me. It's like, I've worked hard, um, but there's things that aren't happening and it, there's, there's struggles among members of the church or areas of church life. My hard work or leadership or anything about me isn't going to make the difference. Uh, what I need to do is I need to pray yeah. and pray for people, pray for situations and uh, ask God to to lead. And and, you know, it's silly to say that after 10 years, I figured that out because <laughs> I, I could probably say that, like, I, you know, intellectually, like understood that and was working with that in mind. But uh, maybe it was just an emotional readiness of like I've tried everything that I can do and there's been good fruit, but um, I, I can't do the heart change that, that needs to happen. Only the Holy Spirit, only God can. And so I'm going to pray for that and continue to teach, continue to preach, continue to administer the sacrament, make those phone calls, do the things that I can do, but uh, let God be God. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 again, like wait for it. 
Yeah. Okay, I, I do believe, because you say it, that your word is not just information, but it's like a seed. It's it's the sword of the spirit. And so as we teach and preach, we expect that God will work in his time. So I'm very thankful for Jeremiah. You know, you know, I haven't preached 40 years yet without any sort of <laughs> response. So that's good. But, um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned is is kind of our society and what we're, we are naturally prone to is this outcome based um, work. And so, you, you know, you have an idea in your mind. Uh, well, if I do this and do this, this should be the result. And yet often I find and I think you're kind of saying this is that God's result is often different than my idea of what a result's supposed to be. Um, and so waiting for God's timing and God doing his thing is 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 really uh, a key aspect. Um, and the pressure, I think, is kind of what you're saying too, is really not on you or I or on the pastor, it's on the Holy Spirit. Now, obviously we wanna be faithful in what God has called us to do, uh, but at the same time, we're not, our, our efforts don't determine the outcome, the Holy Spirit does. And so when have been, have you seen, uh, maybe there's a time you were just kind of frustrated if we wanna take this um, analogy at, at how things weren't progressing and the Holy Spirit ministered to you and, and you're like, okay, I just need to pray and do this. But did you ever have a moment where um, maybe your, your attention was drawn to where some people had grown and you just weren't paying attention to it? So can you share about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, in the, um, an exact uh, example that doesn't come to mind, I probably wouldn't want to share it online anyways. Uh, <laughs> but um, but no, I, I have been over and over again encouraged to to uh, to see the surprising uh, growth in people, and you know, there's been several times you know visits to hospitals at times. You know, sometimes visiting uh, the hospital room of someone who's been very active, and I know this person is a believer and has been for a long time, and their faith shines where I feel like they're ministering to me. Uh, more than I'm ministering to them, um, but but I'm there to minister, so I do pray and I do share scripture with them and encourage them. But like, wow, they're uh, an inspiration to me of faith. Uh, but then there have been some times where, oh, I'm I'm visiting with someone that hasn't been around very much, uh, not very active in church, and to see uh, their devotional life, to see to hear their words that are ringing with the faith and the truth of Jesus Christ. Uh, very, very uh, encouraging to me and also humbling to to know, yeah, um, God knows mm -hmm. all the stories of all the different people and we, we need to reserve our judgments and be open to uh, the reality that, that God is working in people's lives beyond what we'll ever know uh, or be able to measure, right? So yeah, you know, we we take attendance. We want to encourage people to uh, to frequently be hearing the word of God, frequently be receiving the Lord's Supper, uh, frequently be studying, uh, not only alone but in groups of Christians, because that's an encouragement and a help to each other. Um, and we know that God's word works, so that'll be good help to them. Um, and at the same time we we can trust that god is working even when we can't see people's devotional life or their walk with him awesome so tell me how someone in your church has made you smile within the last two weeks 
Oh, oh we have a, a member who uh, is is super sweet. Uh, she's an older member, and uh, I was there with her husband when when he died uh, on hospice, and you know had that privilege of ministering to to them as a family at the end, end of his life. And so these last few years, she's been a widow, uh, but very much. Uh, uh, made our church and all of us, all the, all the people of the church, I should say, uh, her family. And she's just always coming up with ideas. And uh, uh, she is uh, someone who is, she loves being part of all the work we're doing and loves coming up with ideas and getting uh, her talking to people and getting people involved in some just really great ministries just makes my heart happy because uh, she loves the Lord, she loves the word, and she uh, is very much trusting in God that as long as she's alive, that the Lord would use her. And someday he'll take her home too. But in the meantime, uh, she's looking for ways to be a blessing to others and to to me and my family personally. So, Well, what you're talking about, which is awesome, is, is this idea of personal satisfaction that we find in positive mental health. And one of the outcomes of that is, is, is this engagement. She's engaged in the work of the ministry and really not just the work of the ministry. She's engaged in, in Christian activity and life in a genuine way. Um, and, and that, I mean, every pastor, I'm sure going to be encouraged when they hear that, but it's important for us to notice that because sometimes, um, you know, the outcomes in the whole church are there's some things we're going through with cert with conflict and whatnot. And, and we need to have those moments where we see somebody like this lady who's still engaged and still, you know, encouraging people and, and being the great recruiter for the things of, of the work of the ministry and the things of the gospel. And so um, I'm glad you have somebody like that that can, it sounds like consistently you can just go, oh, look what she's doing. This is so great. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and our world really longs for uh, just a, a gentle, joyful uh, environment where people are caring for each other. Uh, so so not only as a pastor, but as the entire church to really uh, uh, weigh wisely, like how um, important certain decisions are, <laughs> you know, if we're if people are, might be tempted to fight to the death over something people people are are tired of that type of vicious conflict that takes place in the world or at work and sometimes in people's home settings and so to to be able to uh, uh be okay with uh conceding uh ideas to other people and at the very least uh just enjoying sweet moments together for what they are. You know, they don't have to all add up into something grand or perfect. Right. Uh, you can have a lot of sweet moments together. And uh, and, and so uh, right now we're just really blessed at our congregation to have a lot of people who are really good at that, just being kind to each other. Yeah. So my family is blessed by all those people. That might be, you know, over 10 years of ministry. That might be something that's a result of that too. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's benefits of longevity very much. To, yeah, now I'm doing confirmation classes for kids that I baptized. Right? Oh, awesome. And I'm doing the weddings for kids that I did their confirmations. Wow. And so it's a whole different level of familiarity. And uh, so I'm discovering what life is like as you get a little bit older. <laughs> right? Well, you're, you got a ways to go. 
<laughs> so tell me if you were to just just in one kind of summary uh what is the desire for the people at you your desire for the people at your church yeah well to to really have have christ front and center on their mind as they go about their days um, and i pray that our church activities our services and the things that we do would would fuel that you know pro provide some some more depth of knowledge and understanding and care for Jesus Christ because um, that that would be the fuel for uh, an intentional witness uh, an authentic witness is if people are are knowing him and able to say a few things about what they admire about Jesus Christ and um, and so yeah so that that really is the thing I think that we don't need to have fancy club clubs or fancy buildings it's nice having buildings you know you know a cold windy morning in mexico you know reminds me that buildings are nice <laughs> we need to work hard to take care of them but um but to have an authentic faith where you know christ is the one that's in front of us and we're we're seeking his will and remembering his grace wonderful i can't think of anything better than a pastor should desire so um yeah. <laughs> thanks, for thanks for sharing that and i think really most of the pastors that i talk to that's all that most of the time i end with a question similar to that and that's in a nutshell right we're all kind of saying that we just want jesus to be the focus of that person's life and, and it to be a genuine faith and because we know right that jesus is the one who sustains us he's the one they'll carry us through and um and we want them to be able to hold on to him as a rock and a refuge. Uh, so yeah, yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This uh, is always a pleasure uh, speaking with other pastors and like-hearted men who desire uh, uh, God to be exalted in, in their ministries and, and are willing to put in the work continually and still know that God is with them even in the midst of the trials and the tribulations. And so it's a great encouragement. So thank you, Stephen, so much. I appreciate it. And God bless you. Thank Wonderful you. Wonderful all that you're doing in your church and with this podcast as well. Oh, well, thank you. Um, so let me just wrap it up here. Thank you, Roman, for joining us. Again, if you uh, appreciate this, like, subscribe, and share. And uh, together, we'll work together to build one another up in love and help the church flourish. Mm -hmm.